side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black face. Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. Hey, and good evening, Cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, October 16th, 2022. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with my co-host downstairs, Mr. Chris Ben. Hello, Chris. Hey, Steve. How's it going today, my friend? Good. Well, I, as you can see, I am in the dark because... Um, uh, I think I figured out the problem here is I'm having some sort of computer lag. I don't think it's because of uh, the bandwidth. I have a feeling it's because of uh, the resources the computer's taking today. I don't know what happened. Uh. StreamYard did something a little different. Uh. And because of that, yeah. I, I noticed, uh, you know, I had uh, some of my settings, like I have a green screen behind me normally. Yeah, and uh, like right now it's fine, and I may be a little bit on a delay, and I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's not doing too bad right now. Yeah, but you can see I am in a delay. Like raise my hand, and there, and it takes like a second to, to to jump in. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. Uh, the reason being is is that they're using the virtual machine to project my yeah. my green screen. Uh, my green screen worked normally. Yeah. Uh, for the last weeks, and 
uh, today, for whatever reason, um, let's give that a try and see if that works. And hey, it looks, looks like I solved the problem. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Oh, yeah, All right. It. So, yeah, it was it, the it new was, green screen projection. Well, the, the pre show, I was having a problem projecting my, my video was flickering. Yeah. And I, I couldn't I, understand yeah. why. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know if that's going to affect any of the videos today. If not, I'll just stop my camera for the videos. Uh, sometimes it'll do that, but I think you uh, solved it, Steve. The voice I think is so too. Up. Yeah. So anyway, let's welcome our guest today, Mike Lucci from the Catskill Appalachian Mike. Research Collective. Hello, Mike. Welcome aboard. What is going on, guys? I'm pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, you know what's cool is talking to a New Yorker from another part of the state that does research in a completely different part of the state than I normally do, and that is always fun and exciting to talk to. Um, but we got a lot on, on the plate today. Um, you know, I, I want to do a couple of quick, uh, roundup notes, um, while we're, while we're here, we, we got so much going on, but, uh, in case people didn't know, um, over on the small town monsters side, um, I, yours truly will be, uh, appearing in the uh, YouTube episode of Bigfoot beyond the trail, the Adirondack beast. Uh, me, Paul Bartholomew, myself, Mike Ann, yeah. and a few others. Uh, Emily Fleur. Uh, you got me using the uh, my my infamous pot knocker. If you remember that that pot I used to kind of mimic the tree knocks that yeah. just <laughs> reverberates, uh, and it was kind of funny because I actually realized it was in my the back of my truck when we. So oh. I said, "Yeah, what the hell? I'll use it." Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, that's a handy tool that everybody should have in their pack. That way, you know, after you get done uh, banging on the tree with it, you can build a fire and heat up a can of chili or something. Oh, no, like you can't cook with this pot. Oh. They, they, they <laughs> tend to lose their shape after cracking it on a tree for a while. Oh. But um, it's kind of funny because he's got me hitting there whacking it, and you can hear this thing going bang, bang, yeah. bang. Yeah. It sounds just like a tree knock. And it, rever it echoes throughout everywhere yeah, you go. Yeah, of course. It's so, got the, the shape, yeah, made yep. to amplify the sound. That's yep. great. And, um, you know, I, I don't do it necessarily man. to get knocks back, but I do it to get their attention yeah. and perhaps get their curiosity to say, hey, what's going on up there? Yeah. So uh, let me just flick this off real quick. There we go. Yeah. Get that, that whole curiosity thing, man. They got to know what's happening. Um. But we we got a lot to, a lot of bases to cover. But I just wanted to uh, cover this, which is kind of funny. Um, I, I caught this up on a website, um, which I thought was kind of funny. I call it the war on emojis. This is part one. <laughs> it's come to our attention lately that we've had a lot of people using the laugh reaction to a number of serious posts without explanation or why they find them funny. Well, when somebody sees a, a bigfoot, you know. You know, cloaking and then jumping in front of a portal and then leaving a, a bunch and somebody writes the yeah. laugh emoji. Yeah. So basically, this group has a zero tolerance toward the laugh emoji now. Oh. So if you use a laugh emoji on somebody, they're going oh. to ban you from the group. Oh no. Guess you have to switch to the uh shocked emoji, the one where the face is like Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. And there was actually even a second post on it, too, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> mockery, laugh rating, and downgrading. Well, downgrading. 
Um, so yeah, um, I thought that was kind of weird and funny. Uh, let me get over to the comments too. There we are. And we're going to do our roll call here in a second. And then the other one, well, let's go through the, and, and, uh, Mike, you're going to get a chuckle out of this one too. And I, I don't like naming names, but, but these guys, I mean, this was an actual slide from one of their presentations that happened to, uh, come across my, uh, my, uh, my, my, my screens but uh let's let's go down the uh the welcome uh the welcoming wagon here and of course we got first in tonight i believe was am and chris with any plans for episode 100 we shall see and chris good to see you. um i don't know if i'll be recuperated by episode 100 we still have that up in the air and the reason why people ask is uh well uh no actually you know what that's funny episode 100 we will have a guest host. Uh, episode 99 is next week. Episode 100, uh, it'll be Joe Snyder and Chris Bennett talking. <laughs> because guess what happens two days before uh, episode 100? Steve has oral surgery. Mm. So these choppers are getting fixed. and um, That's going to be fun. Yeah, so I don't know if I'll be able to talk. I may be able to talk a little bit. We'll see. Um, I can still type. Huh? Yeah, I can still type. I can still smile while I try to smile. <laughs> um, uh, I know we'll after, after they do a lot of work on the mouth, it feels like you're trying to talk with a mouth full of marshmallows. Yeah. Hard to do yeah. anything with it. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I know Sherry, my, my wife, will yeah. be very happy. Uh, at least she'll get a couple of days of peace and quiet. And, and uh, oh, yeah, let's give him the uh, mashed potatoes and the yeah. milkshake and the, you know, all the stuff I'm not supposed to eat because I'm a diabetic, too. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't uh, care. I'll poor, just take extra pills, more pills. Uh, my youngest um, boy, Andy, had one pulled a couple of weeks ago and he was living on, je- uh, what is it, the jello and uh, just everything soft, you know, anything soft. He had to. Oh. You know what? You know a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know I had a tooth pulled a couple of weeks ago too. Yeah. So and I just I just said that's one is not a problem. I just don't know what it's going to feel like having the reminder. Um, but anyway, let's get down the list. We got of course Em and Chris, and of course the uh, Mrs. Sherry's in the house. Uncle Bones number two. Angel Nolan is in the house. Jay Fritz. Uh. Jay said, hang on, how'd I get here? Must be the portal. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Tracy Benna, hello. Tracy. Welcome, welcome. That's our name we haven't seen before, I don't think. Well, welcome. Aaron is in the house. Grasshopper Aaron, in the house. Grasshopper? Uh, Mr. Lee 3PO, hello, hello. Lee Raptor 3PO. Crazy. Bigfoot oh. New York Todd's in the house. Don Fuller, of course. Um, do, 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 going down the list, going down because wow, there's a lot of people in here already today. It Thanks, is Lockbeard's in the house. Hello, Matt from Lockbeard. Central Florida, Bigfoot, who who replied here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brian and Chewy go hiking, you know, he makes an appearance every once in a while. Hello, Brian, Brian yeah. and Chewy. Hello, um, Jen's in the house, she's here. Uh, low rider, of course, always. Oh, right. uh, Prairie Fire, good to see you back, Prairie Fire. Prairie Brian Fire, McMahon welcome. in the house. Um, do, 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 do. Rod Dupree's in the house, too. Rod, welcome, Rod. And uh, burp, 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 burp. Gary wow. Johnson, hello, Gary's in the house. Gary. Uh, Sandra Piper, Arthur Watch. Sandra. Arthur. Um, 
Of course, we said Jay is in. Mick is in the house, of course. Right. I'm sure he's got a healthy, healthy, uh, heaping portion of meatloaf on his plate. Meatloaf, there you go. <laughs> meatloaf connoisseur, Mick. Meat, meatloaf on hand or meatloaf on the floor, wherever it deserves to be. <laughs> um, yes, Mike, in case you don't know, Mick has a running joke about his mother-in-law's meatloaf. And, uh, and uh, you know, we always, we always threaten the Sasquatch in the field with the meatloaf. Because if, <laughs> if they don't come forward, we will kill them with a meatloaf. Um, but anyway, that's, that's the crew I see wow. so far. So I know, as usual, we have people sneaking in. But uh, one thing we do want to get is this, this post. Somebody had posted this. I forget where. Uh, but they had posted this picture of a presentation, a, a PowerPoint presentation, uh, from these two guys listing their accomplishments. And I've spoken to Bear before, and I think I've spoken to both these guys before and many years ago, and they were okay back then. But some of the stuff they've, oh, my God. Uh, this says, discoveries about Bigfoot that Bear and Combo were first to reveal publicly. I'm like, what? Can be successfully called. What? Quadrupedal oh. okay. <laughs> travel. What? Climb trees and use sentinel trees. What the hell is a sentinel tree? Different types of Bigfoot and related cryptids, huh? What? They count coop. Very organized hunts for prey. Infrasound uses communications and weapon. They were the first to re publicly reveal that. Wow, that's great. I don't believe it, but that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Mimic other animals and humans, including things we say. Um, maybe okay. they're first in Alabama. Maybe you know that could be true. Very possible. Method method to disguise their tracks. <laughs> Use simple na a language and some native phrases. Like mm. holy shit, yeah. where's the bathroom? Um, yeah. <laughs> belly crawl to sneak up on us and other animals. The way of yeah. <laughs> methodically dissecting large animals and removing organs and blood. Yeah. They molest and sexually assault livestock. <laughs> no, no, that was that was in that book. That was not the, the, the they weren't the first ones to reveal that. No. I'm interested in learning more about how they figured that one out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some can count up to about five. Well that's that's pretty amazing. What the hell is about five? <laughs> I mean, some some count four. to three, some count to six. Four and, four and three and quarters. Half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike, they get up four. Sounds like the guy who put this four. together had to keep their fly open in case they had to count to 11. Um, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe 10 and a half. Uh, easy, Chris. Uh, <clears throat> okay. And detailed habitat preferences. What? So, yeah, so I saw that. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. I, I used to listen to uh, Kumbo years ago on uh, Blog Talk Radio. So. And he would get on, and don't get me wrong, I, I loved listening to him, but you know, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, not every week, okay, but he was always a great storyteller, great storyteller, very great. I, I mean, I don't have anything against the guys, but that's kind no. of, it's kind of, um, you know, when you start a presentation like that and say, oh, this is some of the things we've done, and you look, they were the first to do this and that. Now we're starting, you know, it's like, if you're going to start with tall tales, what's the rest of your presentation going to be like? Yeah. yeah. You know, well, you and, know, they're probably maybe the first in their area. So, you know, 
Uh, and, but besides, oh, and, you know, uh, we they, got, they're doing, uh, doing a flyer to kind of pat themselves on the back and get people to come to an event, I assume. I don't know. And uh, we've we got a few more that snuck mm-hmm. in, too. I want to say hello to, um, uh, if I, in case I missed anybody, I apologize. But I see Mary Roller popped in. Hello, Mary. And we'll Mary. be seeing, I'm sure I'll be seeing, seeing Mary in less than a week at, in uh, Chautauqua. And uh, Stephen Barcella from the Cryptozoology and Paranormal Museum popped in. Hello. That's the um, Chautauqua Lake Bigfoot Conference that, um, what's his name? Pete Weimer, I think his name is. Peter Weimer, yep. Yep, Peter Weimer, yep. Uh, Yep, and uh, that's coming up on the 22nd. And uh, the headliner for that is Dr. Jeff Meldrum, of course, me. Oh, wow. And... uh, uh, well, talk about well, drawing a blank, but but uh, just a, yeah. a great crew there. Uh, but uh, you know, it's going to be good to see Jeff again. And uh, and little Kilroy says they also discovered America. <laughs> well, it's funny enough that this it, this sparked an interesting conversation going on in chat from Lockbeard over there about the livestock situation. But now that that really, what was the name of that book, Steve? Uh, you know, it, it was. <clears throat> the creature by Jan Clement. Yeah, and um, yep, the creature by Jan Clement. Yeah, and you know, I did that big expose on that book, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the book, the creature by Jan Clement, uh, Mike, but uh, that book was like one of the first books about habituation. Oh, yeah, wow. that, that came out in '74 and '75. Uh, well, it was '74, but it came out in '76, and. Um, I, I did a complete takedown of it. Um, and I it actually found out the... who wrote it. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, uh, the last time I, when uh, we were doing the Pen- Pennsylvania Bigfoot camping adventure, that was actually right in the backyard of where that allegedly yeah. had taken place. And over the years, there were a lot of people that were suspect. Uh, maybe it was, and I know some people thought Dr. Gary Johnson, who's a Pennsylvania uh, scientist, they thought maybe mm-hmm. um, um, he would, he w- and, but no, or not uh, Roger Johnson. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, well, he, it wasn't anyway. Him. Yeah, quite. It, it turned out to be the publisher of the book who actually yeah. was the. the that uh, that I, was the the definitely first the do, first document earliest documented source of the the love love affair with livestock between right. livestock and Bigfoot right. or Bigfoot right. And yeah. Earliest documented case that I'm aware of. Uh oh. Well, yeah. He put my comment up and took it right back and said he didn't say he was excited to see me on the 22nd. I'm wounded. <laughs> I just want to sure. go on record and say, I just want to go on record and say, too, in my opinion, Western New York is probably one of top one of the top three underrated areas in North America, I think, for Bigfoot, for, you know, for big Bigfoot sightings and activity. Um, because, you know, like when people think of New York, uh, most of the time people just think of New York City, maybe maybe Long Island. A lot of people don't realize just how vast the rest of the state is. And, um, yeah. you know, when you go west of Binghamton to the southern tier, just between there and Buffalo, it, it's really all just, you know, farmland, woods, hills, mountains, yeah. you know, uh, not, a lot, not a lot of people there. So there's definitely a lot of room for them to roam around out there and you know there's definitely you know there's definitely a, uh, there's definitely a couple of hot spots out there too you know i know like the finger lakes has um you know it's very history of sightings um allegheny state park that goes right into Alleg- you know the allegheny national forest 
Uh, I know, like the um, you know Niagara region. Niagara region has a couple of uh, a couple of good stories. So <laughs> I really like. <laughs> well, I think it's a stigma people get into because you know automatically when you think of New York, New York City pops in your head. So yeah, if somebody says you know, hey, I'm from New York. You automatically just pow. Oh, they're from you know. Uh, downtown you know <laughs> but well the, you know that's the the monster quest uh back in 2008 opened with that too you know yeah. it opened with new york city a lot of people think that when they think of new york they think of right. the big apple yeah and um quite quite definitively i mean i live in uh you know my county i just moved to washington county which is the same county that whitehall ex- is in yeah and we've you know we've talked to whitehall exclusively here a lot and um uh, it's predominantly dairy farms and alpaca farms, but if yeah. you believe that, because alpacas have nice wool. Um, <laughs> and Jay and Jay is giving Joe crap because Jay said, "Talking <laughs> your prehistoric, Joe lives there." LOL. <laughs> okay, so Western New York Bigfoot had his had his encounter in Allegheny County. I think that's um that's actually where I go hunting for rifle season. Uh, yeah, I'd be kind of curious. So, uh, like, near what town he had his uh, encounter in? Uh, Joe, Joe Bob. Uh... <coughs> oh man! But uh, um... Raptor Crazy out of New York. I'd love to see the proof that they're talking about all the time. I've only seen one print that looks sketchy at best. Okay, so, um, nope, I'm in New York. Almany, okay. I got to see how, because the yeah the um the town I hunt in it's called Friendship, I think. I got to see. I got to look at the map and see how close that is. And uh, Raptor, uh, this is a question for Raptor out in the chat. If you just want to write that in, you've seen one print and that looks sketchy at best. Which one would that be? <coughs> um, because excuse me, here the problem with New York. And, uh, you know, Mike can attest to this is the substrate's pretty, pretty shitty for tracks. It's, uh, it's not the greatest in most places. Uh, Bigfoot New York Todd says his sighting was south of Wellsville. Okay, Wellsville, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's been sightings. In fact, uh, New York State, um, in that particular western New York, Sackets Harbor was where the first real newspaper account of a wild man occurred, 1818. Described as having um, uh, longish reddish hair, but anyway, this uh, let's get over to Mike and and let's talk about how you started in this and yeah. some of your exploits and you know you know some of your experiences. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> really, what really what started it for me was the uh, finding Bigfoot the uh, finding Bigfoot show. Um, I was just cruising around. This was back when everything was on Netflix. I was just cruising around when I was in, like my early to early to mid twenties, I just started binging the show. And when I started seeing episodes about that, just based in like different state, you know, uh, different States outside of like the Pacific Northwest, I was kind of skeptical about it, but you know, I pursued it, I pursued it with an open mind and it was really just these, um, just these little subtle, this, like, these little subtle details, the, uh, show kept on, kept on bringing up, um, just you know about their investigation, you know, just about their investigations, witness witness testimonies and whatnot. That really just started to make me think, like, all right, you know what? Maybe this whole thing, you know, maybe there's a lot more to this. Maybe you know these things being a lot more widespread, not just isolated to the 
Pacific Pacific Northwest is a lot more conceivable than um, you know we let on to be. So I started doing you know I started doing my own research. I started yeah I started doing my own research. I was finding like articles about um, you know like we we're saying before like you know I like, quote hairy man or wild man just in different parts of the of the country of the you know the country throughout the years. Um, I attended my first private organized expedition in uh, 2016 down in, um, South Jersey. And then, um, yeah, after I, you know, uh, after I did that, it started. So you, you have experience being an international squatcher. You were in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, since then, I think I've gone squatching in about, um, I think I'm up to eight or nine States now. Very cool. I want to mm -hmm. say, so, you know, I'm still getting around. Now what to you, what was, uh, your, your, experience in, in what state did you find yourself having the most type of uh, experiences, not necessarily encounters, but experiences? Oh, definitely PA. Um, you know, with the uh, CARC, we do, um, we've done the majority of our uh, field work at just in different parts of Pennsylvania. Um, you know, we had our, we probably had our most prolific experience out in uh, Allegheny National Forest back in October, 2020. And <coughs> excuse me, just to clarify, like the closest things, like I've only heard things, you know, we've gotten really good audio. I've yet to, um, you know, see anything or I've yet to like see anything or have anything like thrown at me or have any feelings of like being stalked, you know, being stalked or anything like that. Right. But, um, you know, I've definitely heard some weird, uh, you know, weird sounds, howl, uh, you know, possible howls, things like that, possible knocking sounds that, um, you know, when they happen you kind of you know they kind of you kind of break them down you you're able to like you're you know you're able to like zero you know you're able to like um rule out other possible you know like other possible things like how you know like uh coyote coyotes things like that so um yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this real quick for the benefit of raptor uh crazy i just got to uh pull up because i don't It'll, it'll be a lot quicker just to shuffle the website over and uh, show him uh, this real quick. Was uh, This is actually New York right here. And this is uh, uh, the, the cast you see here. Here's the one I got in 2006 in New York. And I heard this guy and I smelled this guy walking around us. Um, and, uh, that was the first and only time I really smelled one and it was so prolific that it was like, bang, there it was. And a year and a half later, uh, this gentleman, Frank had gotten a print about a mile away from there. And it was a year and a half later. It turns out it was the same, uh, individual, um, having a different toe splay, but the same heel width length and, and such. As you can see them lined up. Of course, he has a little more overcast yeah. than uh, I do on that one in this particular picture here. So, uh, but it was in um, <clears throat> it was in softer substrate, and it made his toe play a little bit wider, and yeah. the toes were more definitive than than my cast. And uh, as you can see, we ended up getting the whole entire uh, track line over here up there. But that is available on uh, SquatchTective.com. So you want to check that out, Raptor. Um, you know, and that was 2006. That was actually looked at the original one from 2006 was looked at by Dr. John Bindernagel at the time. 
and when we did the monster quest episode he you know he very firmly said oh yeah this is this is uh, this is what a typical sasquatch print looks like very flat-footed it had a little bump in it where the mid tarsus was mm-hmm. and um you know very wide print not necessarily long but very wide and that's very the type cool. of prints we get in new york is uh shorter but they're they're yeah. very wide so i'm sorry uh i just wanted to do that for raptor because i know he's kind of I'm not necessarily convinced that the Bigfoot exists in New York, but uh, for the law enforcement officers that I've spoken with and, and, you know, obviously some of the experiences you've had, Mike, and we're going to talk about some more of that. Um, but yeah, and that, I did get to meet uh, Dr. John then, and it was uh, just a wonderful time and, uh, you know, let him rest in peace. God, you know, God rest his soul. And I'm glad to see that they're actually doing a tribute conference to him yeah. uh, this year or, or uh, next year at some point uh, they're doing a, tribute to him so that's really cool um and uh, obviously you have uh uh no 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 you, you weren't uh, uh not at all we didn't consider it was an attack at all raptor we just you know you have a question and you know what everybody has a right here to be skeptical and that's something yeah. i always say uh i want you know i would expect no less from my audience to be skeptical and ask questions oh, yeah. and ask tough questions because that is uh, I would expect no less of you guys, and I would, I, you know, I respect you dearly for that. I, like I say, uh, dissension or uh, disagreement is is often welcomed. Yeah. Being getting personal, it's not, and that's what we need to to divide. I have no problem. That's why in the show we've had skeptics on. We've had Ben Radford on. Another person I want to get on the show too is Kenny Biddle, um, but he's kind of in the middle of a move right now, so it'll be a bit for him. So. Um, I love those two casts though. It's, it's it's very cool, you know, the that they were taken like uh what about a mile away, a mile mile apart. Yeah, about a mile away, yeah. Yeah, and at, but at different times and the the toast play was different, but it's uh, virtually the same individual. <laughs> right. Well, that's from an evidentiary standpoint being an investigator uh, professionally, that is evidence is when Pretty you good. okay, now we yeah. know it's not somebody just stamping them right. away. So uh, let's get into some of the stuff you, uh, <clears throat> you sent to us, because I know the audience would be dying to see this. But um, we had, you <clears throat> you sent a couple of um, audios. And actually what I did was I just uh, made a video out of them putting the, um, the waveforms on them so people can look at the waveforms while they're listening to the thing. And, I, you know, uh, you go with which one you think uh, you want to do first, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll just cue them up when uh, you want to describe what <clears throat> those yeah, sightings. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll just go in order. Um, if we could play, yeah, if we could play the one that we got in um, Allegheny National Forest, which is the rock or sugar yeah, run? sugar run, sugar run. Okay. Yeah, and so, you um, want to you want to uh, do a little uh, intro to that one? Yeah, uh, sure. That so you want to explain? Yeah, so um, yeah, it was about a little over uh, two, little over two years ago. This was actually one of our group's first like um, organized, one of our first organized expeditions. We'd gone out to the um, Allegheny National Forest area. Now, ironically, um, we stayed in on the New York side. That expedition was supposed to. We were supposed to primary our primary focus of that expedition was supposed to be Allegheny State Park, mm-hmm. which um, for people who are familiar with the area. Allegheny State Park, it's in the southern tier, um, western New York, and that greenway, it pretty much goes down and, you know, it attaches to Allegheny National Forest, which is in Pennsylvania. Well, 
when we, you know, when, so when we were there, I pretty much like, I pretty much mapped out the whole itinerary for that weekend. But our figuring was, you know what, we're so close to Allegheny National Forest, you know, we might as well pay our due diligence and, um, we might as well pay our due diligence and just, you know, do something there one night. So it turned out to be our first night that we had the whole crew there that we wound up just, um, you know, going south of the border into PA. And, you know, we got in there pretty late. Um, we found this fire, we found this fire road. It was kind of near like where the North country trail, mm-hmm. um, cuts through. And just so you know, for those who don't know the North country trail, it's kind of like the Appalachian trail of, nor- of the uh, Northern part of the U S it starts in the Adirondacks and it cuts all the way across West. Uh, I think it stops in like, ends in like North Dakota or something like that. But, um, anyway, we found like this, we found this fire road, um, kind of near it. it. It took us really, really deep really, really deep in about five, six miles. So we were several miles away from, uh, you know, the nearest house, nearest paved, uh, right. paved two-way road. So um, our group was split up in two different locations. Me and me and another guy, we um, were dropped off at a trailhead. We hiked in a little bit and we kind of just posted up there. Um, Brendan and Sean, uh, they, were, they were actually the two who uh, recorded this audio, you know, who recorded this audio. Um, I wasn't physically the Iowa. Yeah, and uh, this was kind of near, uh, right outside, like the town of Bradford, PA. See if that helps. Um, in uh, McKean County, and so what they did was, um, you know, I'm sure you're, uh, on the yeah. screen there. There's Bradford right there. So yeah, and it was like a little, a... yeah, like a little like that green area right there to the left of your to the left of the uh, Glendorn icon was kind of like where it happened, like that little green patch right there below that, uh, was that Route 346, south of Route 346? Yeah, like where, yeah, this is. Oh, there like it is, Bradford, area. yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, they, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you're all familiar with the uh, technique of, like, call blasting, sound blasting, well, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. <clears throat> um, they did that, it was around 3 a.m., and, uh, you know, it was kind of like rain, it was kind of like raining a little bit. But um, they set everything up. They ripped a couple of sounds, and like no less than like a minute later, um, we got these weird responses that we were able to uh, we were able to uh, catch on audio. Okay, so let's uh, play the Sugar Run Howl. Um, and there's, uh, I believe, you have uh, also some waveforms with coyotes in them too, um, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway. Let's uh, play that video now, and we'll let it play out, and we'll talk about it, and we'll run it one more time after we're done talking about it. So, And if people have questions at that point, just fire away. So here we go.
Sounds like the weather was wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was weird. So um, where Brendan and Sean were when they caught it, it was kind of like on and off rain, on and off raining like that. Where we were, um, we had nothing. We just had like a couple of like, you know, we just had a couple of like um, small drops, small drops every now and then. Uh, Tracy, answer your question. It was about, I want to say. Which quarter, is how close was it? Yep. Yeah, I want to say about quarter-ish mile away from their position. Um, again, just to reiterate, like I physically wasn't there at that exact location when it happened. Um, Brendan and Sean had that going on. I was like the like the craziest thing we heard that night was just like a screech owl. So we kind of had a bit of a boring. <laughs> we kind of had like a bit of a boring night on our end. But um, yeah, um, that's yeah, that's what they had. So the weird thing about that was um, like. I personally kind of, I personally kind of have like a little bit of trouble hearing it. But um, <clears throat> now, a couple of folks in in chat already saying they believe it may be canine. Yeah. So yeah. So we've gotten we've gotten that before, and <clears throat> yeah, we definitely gotten that response before. Um, if you look at if you look at the spectrograph signatures signatures on that though, just like you know the way the you know the, the way like whatever this was making those sounds, it looks just between like its frequency, what the signature looks like, it looks totally different from like a coyote from like a coyote or anything like that. Um, that's actually, yeah. So that, that, that there actually is from, um, is for the, um, other, other PA one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Right there. But, um, so we sent those, so we actually sent those to, uh, David Ellis of the Olympic project. Gotcha. And, um, yeah. And he said that he, he put them in like some type of category called singing or so, uh, singing or something like that. Um, he mentioned something about the heart. Like it was a really, really tech. It was like a really, informative but like a technical response that it gave us um we actually had like a whole video on uh on this audio on our youtube channel that um you know it'll definitely be able to explain everything and you know much better much better detail than i'll be able to but um even joe says that there now i've noticed that too um mm -hmm. you know first time i I experienced that and i've heard about it uh was in uh, land between the lakes in kentucky was i heard this incredible howl and uh, uh like a scream almost it was like you know and all of a sudden uh from a slightly different direction because it was a lot closer was these group of coyotes that responded now that's something that 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 people got to understand is that, that you know canines will respond with their own howls if something hits their frequency you know that's why you have some dogs will which will naturally howl when say especially a federal Q siren goes by, that's in case when anyone wonders yeah. what a federal Q is, that is the siren in the fire truck that goes <laughs> and it's air driven and it's actually run by a pedal, not an electronic switch like a like a like an ambulance siren or a a, a police car siren. Uh, so the federal Q sometimes will hit that right frequency and it will cause dogs to start going and start to howl. Yeah. Because, you know, so a lot of times I think that there is a Bigfoot scream and as it hits that right frequency, the, the coyotes start, or even wolves will start to yip and yap because it's hitting their frequency. And the thing, and the thing about that too is um, you hear most coyote, you hear most um, canine howls, you know, especially like coyote howls. They're very high pitched, very almost like yippy. Yep, um, yep, yep. These were just very prolonged. They kind of have like that, you know, like, like, ooh, like just the, um, what sort of looking for? 
the phonetics of it. <clears throat> um, I just think I just think there were just certain details of the, you know the uh, phonetics of his howls that I don't know if like you know your conventional character or anything like that would be able to make them. But um, one thing like you know like I've definitely I've definitely show I've definitely uh, you know shared that audio to my fair share of people. Um, I you know I have showed it to actually a couple of uh, dogman researchers and obviously they're like well. I don't think Actually. it's a big. I don't think it's a Bigfoot here. I think you might have like a dog, man. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. Of course they're gonna say it's Dog Man, and uh, yeah, you don't seem like to be a big believer in Dog Man. Right? It's you know, I would. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love for it. I would love for it to be real. You know, just like I would love. You know, I would love to. Uh, you know, for something like Bigfoot to be real, but. I just think compared, you know, especially compared to Bigfoot, I just think like the audience, you know, audience, the evidence out there, like genuine physical evidence out there for, you know, something like a dog man, it's just lacking. Like, yeah, you have a lot of anecdotal accounts, a lot of interesting eyewitness accounts. And, you know, like I think whether it's Bigfoot, you know, whether it's Bigfoot, dog man, other cryptids, people are definitely seeing something out there, experiencing something. I just don't think that just, um, I just, you know, there just isn't anything as concrete for like the dogman phenomenon as we have with, you know, the Bigfoot stuff. Yeah, I, I, I tend to have a problem with it. Uh, uh, you know, the the kinesiology of it, I guess, is that it doesn't, uh, or the mechanics of it, it doesn't, you know, the legs do not seem to be like built for a bipedal type of uh, walking mm -hmm. for the people I've seen it run off on two legs. <clears throat> Well, there's two types apparently. There's um, one type that's supposedly more like better built, like you know, like like thicker, like tree trunk like legs, basically like like a Bigfoot body with a dog's head. And then there's this other one called like type five or something like that, like type something where it's got like this, it's got like the skinny, like backward hinged. I, I always leg. get worried when people type number those things. It's like, oh well, a type one dog man looks like a type two, you know, like. Well, I think yeah, well, dog man and bear man are the same creature. A bear walking on two legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. That's always been my been my thing too. Like I know there was um there's actually a mon there's actually um incidentally on a monster quest um they were talking about one <clears throat> they were talking about um one particular encounter this um he was like a road worker or something like that he was picking up roadkill in Michigan. And he said he saw one um, in his back window, I guess, pulling the roadkill out or something like that. I mean, who's to say that wasn't just like a bear, on, you know, a bear on two legs. It probably maybe sold quickly. The lighting wasn't good. Let his imagination, you know, uh, get the best of him. Because um, just, you know, with like, you know, with like the ears, the snout and everything like that, um, it looks eerily, you know, like it looks for, you know, that definitely looks kind of, familiar, you know, like uh, similar, I guess. Mike, best I remember that that account. Uh, he said that he saw something grab a deer carcass out of the back of his truck and lift mm -hmm. it out because he was driving like what do they call it, the dead wagon or whatever uh, animal Bring carcass removal. And uh, you know, I, to me, I, I always thought we ain't well, dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, I always oh, thought, shut well, up, you will be soon. It's it could have very up. well been a bear, you know, stand up yeah. on its hind legs and then reach and grab something and pull it out. You know, they, they yeah, nothing for sale. Bad. I have nothing for sale. That was all surprise. <laughs> Classic. Uh, 
man. But yeah, I lo- I'm loving I'm loving these responses though that the um uh, loving these responses though that the chat are giving to the um to the audio. You know, a lot of people think it's either canine canine or coyote coyote or something like that. So um, you know, it's you know, I, I like the um you know, I definitely like the healthy healthy dose of skepticism. Truth is, we don't know what it is. Um, but we're pretty sh- we're pretty sure it's not it, we're pretty sure it's not a coyote or something like that, uh, you know, or anything like that. I mean, you know, we could be wrong, you know. Um, let's be real, you know. Like at least me personally, I'm wrong more than I am right, than I am right in this field. But um, they're you know they're definitely interesting. To see, they're definitely interesting to uh, they're definitely interesting to say to uh, you know say the least. And the fact that you know we got that endorsement from David Ellis from you know an organization as prestigious as the the Olympic Project, I think you know it definitely gives it some legs um, to you know. Yeah, and you got to understand too is that, you know, you guys heard that with your own ears, and you know, with all the rainfall going on, you know, it doesn't. Recordings are so damned hard because you got to deal with wind, you got to deal with mm-hmm. rainfall, you got to deal with, you know, other stuff that's falling from the uh, from the trees. Um, <clears throat> especially like in New York, we have those trees that um, I forget the actual name of them, but they're knuckled. The branches are knuckled, and during the fall, especially, the knuckles will break off. And that protects the tree, and you you know you'll hear, <clears throat> and it's these little knuckles breaking off because it's a protective. You know, people wonder why trees drop their leaves. It's it's a defense mechanism. They're they're pre- uh, they are preparing themselves for, you know, winter, um, and that's why they drop their leaves. And because if their leaves maintained or stayed there, guess what would happen? It would uh, they would collapse, or you know. Have nice tree men's that everybody thinks is a Bigfoot. <laughs> no, well, yeah, and I am. I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a very, very outspoken skeptic about uh, tree bends, manipulation structures. I just, I, I personally don't think um, they have anything to do with do with Bigfoot. I think most of them are just naturally made, naturally made or man-made. And there's a lot of people when I like whenever I bring that, whenever I bring that up in some instances, it is just amazing just how defensive and just outright nasty people get when um you know you you challenge you know you challenge an narrative like that it's just i mean the way i see it is things like you know when we go out when we go out there in the woods or on these you know on, on these expeditions or whatever you know the goal is to find some sort of ev- you know some sort of evidence of Bigfoot, of you know, Bigfoot or you know, or, or a creature like that, and you know, sometimes I just think our mindsets get dictated more by like what we want, you know, like by what we want to see or what we want something to be than what we actually think it is. So we see these, you know, tree bends and manipulations and things like that. We see these tree bends and manipulations and things like that. I just think it. Um, I, I really just think, for the most part, it's just kind of like wishful thinking, just you know, like kind of like a sense of like. Uh, self-satisfaction, self-validation, or something like that. Like, people are, people are using to see, like, what they want to see. Like, does that make yeah. any sense? I, know I, kind of I think that's, I that's a good there. point, Mike. A lot of people yeah. maybe read too much into what they're seeing, you know, and... Uh, and sometimes over- hearing. And sometimes yeah. hearing, you know, so... Yeah. Or seeing. I mean, that is across the board, that... You know, people have some people have very active, and this is what I like about Mike. Mike is a very grounded guy, and you know, there are people out there, and I'm you know, 99.9% of our audience is very grounded as well, which I love. Uh, you know, that's their attraction to this show is because we're, we're grounded. 
um, and that, um, you know, there is a, a percentage, and usually they're the more vocal ones um, that are not grounded and that think every, you know, everything, every structure, every tree is Bigfoot, and they have nothing at all to, you know, necessarily back that up. So, um, yeah, and know. like I've, you know, I've been out in the, like I've been out in the woods, in the woods with people. Well, and just, you know, and, you know, keep, keep this in mind. We'll be like on, on the trail and you'll just see like a broken tree, you know, like a broken tree bent at a 90 degree angle or whatever on the trail. And they'll walk up to it just absolutely enamored, you know, like infatuated with it, you know, give it the whole up and down, da- up and down examination. And they'll be like, you know, what could have done this? You know, like yeah. those like, what could have done this besides a Bigfoot? Right. And I'm standing there thinking like, I could probably name about 99 things that probably did that. Yeah. Before Bigfoot, and you know, like I'm relative, like most people in the field, I'm a pretty young guy. You know, I'm only 32 years old. These are like, you know, like grown, you know, like grown ass men, 20, 20, 30 years older than me, who are actually, doing, you know, who are actually doing like serious about yeah. Yeah. thinking that, you know. Well, you know, I think there's a thing that you get into. If people start overanalyzing something, uh, they start reading into it more than there is there to read, or and they like just it, so want to. They right. just so badly want to yeah. be on the trail of something. Needed to be there. I mean, yeah. the only time I've ever looked at tree breaks and attributed them to Sasquatch was uh, looking at, you know, basically tracking something through the woods after a sighting report. Sighting and area. that was the yeah. only thing I could attribute because there are some breaks. Oh, there's a five foot nine break. Oh, there's a six foot break. Right. There's a five foot. Mm-hmm. And you are actually following that in the line. But they'll find one broken tree branch in the middle of nowhere and say, oh, it's Bigfoot. <sighs> I think we better put the gifting bowl back out there. Yeah, that's right, Chris. <laughs> the new iPhone's out. <laughs> we'll get a new iPhone this time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Mike, I, that's a reference to a video I put out. It's on the channel, by the way. It is the, the new and improved gifting bowl. And uh, if you haven't seen that video, Mike, give it give it a watch. That's it's pretty that's one sure. to uh, Stop the wound to see. Uh, <laughs> Feature films. What, what, how many how many porcupines did that get on the? Uh... Oh, the, the gifting bowl got five out of five porcupines. Oh, oh then I got to watch. Then I got to uh, watch yeah. it. The actual porcupine got one and a half porcupines out of porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> that one's on there too. The porcupine rating systems on the channel. Too. That's amazing. Now, we we have some fun with the stuff. So. Um, oh yeah. You know, I, I don't know why. That, sometimes the people don't know how to take me. You know, am I being serious? Mm-hmm. Am I being? <laughs> Um, if any, uh, speaking of which, uh, beyond the trail, uh, beyond the trail, there is a very, very uh, interesting uh, scene in there where Mike, Alex, uh, Eli, and myself, uh, Sherry was back up at the vehicles, where we start tracking something on on thermal, and uh, we're pretty sure it, it probably was either it was probably a bear. Um, and we were chasing the bear out of the woods, <laughs> but uh, we had, we had found some scat, which did not to me look like bear scat, and because it was very it was very heavily, um, there was a very strong ammonia scent to it. So I don't definitely not primate like uh, more probably I'm thinking porcupine uh, or uh, some sort of ungulate, 
uh, but not a deer because it, it, no, it wouldn't have been an ungulate if it wasn't a deer. Um, but it, it didn't look like it wasn't deer droppings, and it definitely was, you know. But a very, very strong ammonia smell. It could have even been cat, bobcat. Um, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but I, as I was collecting it, uh, I, I say something very deadpan. I said, "Well, we're going to do three things with this uh, scat sample." And one, two, and three. And, and I said three just as serious as I said the first two. Of course, it was completely in jest. And uh, it's pretty funny. So I'm not going to give it away, though. You got to watch. <laughs> um, Kill me but, with those cliffhangers. Yeah, but that's just, that's just me. You know, and anybody knows me. I can be a, a wise ass in some of the, the most dangerous situations in the world. <laughs> so you're kind of like the comedy relief guy? Uh, I can be. Okay, okay. I, I can be. Well, you um, gotta have fun, no matter what you do. If you're not having fun, <laughs> something's wrong, you know. I mean, I've I've arrested a person and said, "Yeah, you were." I saw you doing the same thing last week. He goes, "Oh, oh, oh no! I I have a twin brother." And of course, automatically, my first reaction is, "Oh, is your twin brother a thief too?" You didn't know what to say. <laughs> Um, but uh, Runs okay, so, uh, we Run. better put out a disclaimer about the tree structures. I mean, we're not saying that Bigfoot Sasquatch can't make something out in the middle of the woods, you know, it's very likely they do. But uh, as far as all the trail markers and stuff like that, you know, but people got to understand, unless you saw a Sasquatch doing it, right, and it's just random, you can't assume due um, diligence. Right. You know, if I have a sighting report where somebody had seen one there and I realized and you're tracking it using, you know, tracking skills and then yeah. you see these breaks, then the assumption is warranted. Yeah. You know, there are no assumptions without warranties to them. That is an investigative, you know, principle basically is, you know, OK, you have a break in at a house, let's say, for an example. Um. Or let's say, for example, you find a broken window on a house. And this is kind of the logic uh, that I want people to follow. <clears throat> so obviously, you're driving by the house, you see a broken window. Mike, what would be your first thought? Uh, either a break-in break or, you know, maybe like a tree or, you know, maybe like a tree or rock or something like that hit it during right. a storm. Yeah, one of those two most likely. I'm right. I'm but, just going to jump say, straight to Steve broke my window. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, uh, which would probably be using Occam's Razor, that would probably be the most likely. Steve broke my window. He flew down here from New York, broke my window, and then flew back. But you see, the jump would be uh, like a broken branch and Bigfoot, a broken window, and it's a burglary. Um, no, you you would, you know, even a broken door, you see, you go by, you see a knock, uh, a lock knocked out of a door. Is that a burglary? You don't have enough information to say that that's a burglary. Now, obviously, if you go in the house and you see stuff missing and, they, you know, drawers dumped on the floor, then the assumption is warranted that that broken lock was caused by a burglar. But you can't make that assumption just looking at the lock. You know, that could have been done by a locksmith and they're in the middle of repairing the lock. Yeah. So, 
or maybe uh, the owner of the house, you know, is doing it, whatever. Well, if you my lock is laying on the ground when I come home and my chocolate oatmeal cookies are gone, I'm going to be mad. Right. Yep. <laughs> Which, not to get off on a side tangent, but, you know, I love, uh, you know, Chris, I, I love getting on. Uh, has anybody seen the coming attractions for this upcoming movie called Violent Night? No, I haven't. Um, actually, John Leguizamo is the bad guy in it. It's kind of funny, and oh. um, yeah, it's a it's a movie where Santa Claus goes postal on a bunch of bad guys. Oh no, no, not <laughs> I Santa looked at Claus. It, I started laughing. No. You're on my naughty list, and oh. <laughs> so I got I got I got to watch that movie. It was going to be a, oh. a, a fun one. I but hope anyway. this is going to be a comedy. <laughs> Please it's kind of like that. a comedy action film. It's kind of oh, there's some, <laughs> um, but anyway, that's uh, you know that that's my my point on that. So let's set up the uh, the next one, which is the rock one. Mm-hmm. So do your yeah, so um, so yeah, so we got this one back in uh, June. We were in um, we we're on a state game land, and um, it was kind of near uh, Catawissa, Catawissa, PA. And we basically took this fire road about um, two miles or so in, and it kind of like ascended. So we were kind of like the like top of like the hill area. So we actually had a good amount of people with us that expedition. I think we had about um, ten or eleven people. So we broke up into uh, three groups because along this road there were just there were just like you know random like open random like clearings because you know it's a, you know it's a state game and I guess people like park there to um, set up shop like um, hunting and things like that. So each of these clearings were spread out about maybe a few, few hundred yards, a mile or so. So we, um, so from the first group to the last group, um, me and Brendan, we were the furthest group out. We were probably spread about maybe a mile or so in total. Um, so I put out about uh, three or four different recorders. Um, there was a gate. Yeah, so there was a gate that just like, you know, went deeper into the woods. I put one there and then... <clears throat> there was another, you know, there was another area that went back towards um, the clearing where, you know, our next closest team was. I put that one. That's a recording that caught this, you know, that caught this howl. It was the, the clearest one. I mean, all three, all three uh, recorders caught the howl, but this one here was the uh, clearest one. Um, I just put that one on a rock, which is why it's in the same rock. And then um, we had a third recorder that we just, you know, put on top of the car. So. What's funny about this one is this one happened at around like eleven thirty or so at night, and um, we weren't we were only there at our spot for about not even forty five fifty minutes. Like we were there for less than an hour when we heard this, and when I first heard it, I actually got kind of pissed because I thought that it was the other team. Um, the, I thought it was the other team already call already uh, already uh, call blasted. Oh yeah, and I you know like I look up Brendan, and I'm like, why the fuck are they why the Blasting. We're not even here an hour, and <laughs> Brendan, you know, Brendan's he, he's more skeptical. He's he's more skeptical about the stuff than I am. He looked at me. He's like, "They're that way. That came from that way." Yeah. And I, was, I was just like, "You know what? I, you know what? I think you're right." Yeah, it's always that Zen realization where all one. Okay, so let's let's give it a listen, folks. Oops, 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 wrong, wrong, uh, wrong button. I'm so focused on. uh... Yeah, I got the spectrograph signature there, too, of this one.
And there you have it. So very faint. Yeah, so, I know it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to hear, folks. But, yeah. But yeah, but the um the spectrograph see the spectrograph signature is pretty pretty distinct on on that one though. Yep. And yep. um what I liked about that one, you know, it's a long, you know, it's a very long sustained howl. Right. Very long sustained howl, and then the coyote, you know, you hear the coyotes chime chime in afterwards. And um, just you know, one of the biggest uh, distinguishments between the coyotes and you know that possible vocal that we got was number one just how deep you know how much deeper and longer and sustained that howl was compared to you know like the high pitched yips yep. that the uh, coyotes wound up making. Right. So um, this was in um, if you're if you're actually able to pull it, yeah if you're able to pull the map I could show you like the exact area that uh, where we were where it came from. Okay, it so in, it's um, in. Yeah, so it's like near Catawissa, Pennsylvania. Um, okay, I'm gonna try spelling it. Okay, it's I think a... it's a C A T. Ah, got it, got it, got oh, it. Son of a gun. And and this was actually on uh, State Game Lands 58. There's Catawissa, and yep. I'm assuming that's gonna be over this way. Yep, there it is. Yeah. So uh, if you go a little more, so go back a little more closer towards Catawissa. So yeah, that kind of like this area, yeah, that area here. Um, so yeah, like a little like around where your mouse. So like, yeah, like those two clearings right above where your mouse is. That's oh, yeah. kind of like yeah, kind of like the area that we were. So if you zoom out, um, you could see yeah. If you zoom out a little more, yeah. So you could see there you have like that ridge line from that hill, and then mm-hmm. uh, that ridge line from that hill. Um, that's where those, that's where those howls came from, from that direction. And as you can see, you know, there's a power line that cuts through there and then there's like a little swampy mm-hmm. area right there. So <clears throat> that was, um, that was, that was the direction, that was the direction that that came from. Um, we haven't been able to, you know, we haven't been able to like check out that actual, you know, the actual ridgeline of those hills just to see like what's uh, what's now up there yet but now let me let me uh ask you something it was not raining that day correct correct that see folks a couple of people uh made comments that mm-hmm. rain rain uh that wasn't rain that's wind uh that is your your common breeze that uh recorders capture a lot that yeah and, and that's wind the uh, the first one you can definitely hear you hear pop 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 that's yeah. when it rains you hear raindrops yeah. when you hear that little like uh, that uh, that type of noise in the background that constant that is actually wind so there's always an amount of wind and your speaker mics are opened up all the way so you know if I was to open up this microphone here all the way you would get a in the background as well even with just it's just airflow. Just so you know, so there was no rain that that particular day. So. Yeah, the weather. Yeah, the weather. Weather was actually quite 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 nice that weekend. It was like early June, kind of like you know when spring starts transitioning into uh, summer. Yeah, yeah and, and Don says it's disturbing noise to me. Whatever it is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's when you're trying to listen over miles, uh, especially if you're using parabolics. Uh, if you use a parabolic mic. Wow, you, you that's even magnified even more so much. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes, especially when it's a windy night, um, you know. And the, and, yeah, yeah, and the um, the crazy thing about that, uh, you know, about that vocal is all all three teams. Keep in mind, we're spread about a mile, mile and a half apart. 
all three teams um, heard that vocal. Nice, nice. I'm like everybody's like, pointing. We, we that that happened to us in uh, the Dax during our our uh, our Monster Quest episode too. We heard uh, a a howl uh, prior to somebody putting out a howl, and uh, you know he we confirmed. Uh, did you do that twice or once? I only did that once. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, and that that does happen. That's why, you know, communications is is crucial out in the field for those who are out in the field. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, that's one of the, one of the things that happened. Um, you know, um, you know Chuck Larson. He was in um he was in like <clears throat> one of the other teams. He actually came he, a few minutes after that. We heard that vocal. He hopped on the radio and he was like, uh, "Did anyone else hear that howl?" So after that, that kind of gave me the validation. Like, okay, that's. Definitely yep. wasn't. That definitely wasn't yep. any one of us who did that. Yep. And and just so, what kind of recorder was that? Uh, it was a. I don't have it with me. It was. I think it was like a like a Sony one. I don't know the. I don't know the exact model type or anything like that. Yeah, the Sony ones. The, the Sony ones have that that big. If you crank up a, a, an H two zoom, mm-hmm. uh, or even an H uh, one zoom, it, you will get that that kind of background in them. Um. You know, yeah, that, I, that. I recognize that, of course, you know, next year will be my 25th year doing this. So, yeah, I've, I've listened to days of, of audio and video and pictures and stuff. And, um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's what that's one of the things, too, that um, people, uh, people are kind Kat- of. Yeah, it's Katawasa. Uh, Katasquaka. That sounds like that looks like a combination of Catawissa and Susquehanna. Like combining the two words. But um yeah, like one thing I think a lot of people don't realize when they think of just like, you know, this type of research and everything like that, they think, oh, it's just, you know, people running, you know, running through the woods, running through the woods, making sounds. What they don't see is, you know, well, you know, how like 90% of the time you're just sitting there in silence waiting for stuff to happen, or they don't see, you know, the 20 something odd hours of audio that yep. you have, you know, that you have to sift through. Yep. Sift through and stuff um, like that. So it definitely puts things in perspective. Yep. And that's why it's so important. If you guys are out there researching and, and doing stuff, especially with, with recorders and uh, you know, I've done paranormal investigations as well. And it's so important to uh, timestamp your video or audio in both video too. When you start or, uh, you know, audibly, like when I start a, a recording, I always state the date and the time the recording has started. That way, um, I always keep a little, like a little notebook and, you know, okay, I know I got to look, I got to listen at the 840 mark. And if I started my video at 7, 7 p.m., I know that I got to look or listen to the audio at that hour and 40 minute mark. Um, so that's why it makes it really important to to stamp your audio and know when you started it. And that's why, you know, a notebook is an essential thing. Okay. Started recorder one at this time, started recorder two at this time. <clears throat> that way you can coordinate if you have them facing different directions to, you know, possibly even obtain the same recording from different, uh, from multiple recorders. Um, very important. Yeah. And don't save your only copy on a external hard drive. <laughs> uh oh, Leon snuck in. Hey, with Leon, welcome. Hello, Leon. Um, yeah, so it's really important to do that stuff, but that's that's why it makes 
that's why it's so important doing this. And of course, you know, have I always done that too? No, have I forgotten to do that? Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, but, uh, but one thing I don't do is play back on the device. I always tend to take wait till the end, you know, and put it on a computer and then analyze it that way. Makes it a lot, a lot easier. Use your, your programs. Uh, Audacity is a great program. I use several different audio programs and I use several different video programs to do all my stuff because they do different, some of them do things better than others. So, um, you know, uh, just words of advice from an old fart like me. <laughs> um, so any, any, uh, close encounters at all, Mike? No, um, not yet. The, um, you know, you know, besides besides those vocals, the only things I've really heard were just like you know a couple of uh, po- a couple of possible knocks. Um, you know, I haven't gotten uh, haven't gotten struck by anything, haven't gotten anything thrown at me. I definitely haven't, um, I definitely haven't seen anything yet. Uh, you know, I haven't have haven't had the privilege yet. But um, you know, I'm definitely keep, you know I'm always always keeping my eye my uh, always keeping my eyes out. You know, this is definitely one of those things where you just have to keep putting in your time and it seems like it seems like most cases when, when whenever people actually have their sightings that's when they least you know it's when they least expect it or they're out there not even looking for the thing but um i guess um once one particular story i like to hear one particular story i like i like to tell is uh oh yeah western new york but, but yeah definitely yeah definitely maybe we'll see you out, out in the woods out in the woods someday i mean i you know i went to college in buffalo so um you know i go back and forth western new york all the time just you know, going going out there to hunt or visit friends. So, but um, anyway, um, when so before my I had gone on a um, another private expedition in uh, southern New York, kind of like the Dutchess County area near the Appalachian okay. Trail, and a couple of week, like about two weeks beforehand, I just decided to check the I decided to, to uh, check the area out. So um, I got up early. I got up early in one morning. I just went on like a solo hike. And uh, I kind of like formed like a bit of, I kind of like mapped out like a loop I was going to do, um, do, you know, a chunk of it on the Appalachian trail and then take a bunch of side trails, you know, a bunch of like other mark trails back until I got back to my car. So it was around 8 AM and, um, I'd gotten to like a clear, I got into like a little like, um, clearing like a backcountry site right off the trail. So I sat down in front of the fire pit that was, I sat down in front of the, you know, the uh, fire pit that was there. I went, you know, I was, re- I was, um, you know, going to get myself a, uh, bottle of water, a bottle of water for my bag. So mm-hmm. as I was like, you know, be- like as I was bending down and I was, you know, going to like reach into my bag, I just heard clear as day coming from my left, just like a distinct wood like wood hitting on wood and it was one of those sounds like you know sometimes you hear a sound it's so piercing like you kind of feel like go through you almost yep yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was kind it was kind of like that and i remember just i just like froze and i was just like whoa you know like what was that i've never i've never heard that before and um yeah you know i was yeah i mean yes i was there under the premise you know um i, I was there mainly because i was you know we do be doing a big flex expedition there a couple you know a couple of weeks in the couple of weeks in the future um but this was you know i know i'm pretty familiar with what like you know like a falling like something falling sounds like like a falling tree branch or something like that or like a snapping branch or something you know they all have those distinct quality qualities this was none of that this is just solid like wood hitting wood right um when i looked so you know when 
I checked out the area on Google Earth. It was kind of like I was facing I was facing this way. Uh, you know, this here was kind of where the you know the the site was, and it took you know it came from this direction. That noise. This direction was all just like you know. There was like a ridge line, and right. then there, it was all just woods, brush, woods, brush. You know, just went down to like nothingness. So I was probably about a quarter mile away from the nearest road. So that's something like one of like the um, weirder experience, you know, weirder possible experiences I've had that I would, you know, I was, I always like to talk about. Well, with the, the loud crack, was it, was it like a, a two pieces of wood banging together or did it sound like a big stick maybe broke apart? What, what do you think? It, I mean, in my, in my opinion, it just, it did, it just distinctly sounded like a wood, like a hard wooden surface striking another hard mm-hmm. wooden surface. You know, like when something cracks, kind of has like that. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. you know, like that kind of that yeah. kind of sound to it. Um, this didn't have that. And anyone who goes out, you know, like anyone who goes out in the uh, in the field with me, they'll know. Like whenever I hear, like you know, whenever I hear any any noises like that or anything like that. Right. I'll usually I'll usually try to be the first to um, formally debunk it, you know, debunk it or downplay it or, yeah. you know, or dismiss it. So, um, yeah, that was really like one of my more, uh, you know, inter- interesting experiences I've had. Well, sometimes, you know, that's just the way it happens. You know, you're not expecting anything, then out of the blue, bang, you know. <laughs> and I know... Uh, my nephew had reported uh, hearing a loud crack like that one night while uh, coon hunting. And uh, they had an experience with their dogs. All their dogs came, uh, you know, they normally hunt with dogs. And uh, after that loud crack, uh, all the, the dogs came back to them. <laughs> and and for, those, for those in chat, like, like uh, you know, like Rap and Don, no, no offense is taken, so don't think we're thinking that this is an attack. If you're skeptical or, or you have some, some no. you know, dissenting opinions, you know, like I said, dissenting opinions are always welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's what makes a good show. We don't um, do yes men. No. We don't do yes men, and we don't sit there and take things personally. So, you know, if, you know, the criticism is not a personal attack, which we've seen happen mostly from the hoaxers, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which reminds me the uh, – the Bigfoot Tooth guy, uh, we do it outdoors. Uh, just got snagged, and uh, I'll be covering more. Maybe that next week. I'll talk with uh, Darren. Uh, but apparently, they came out with a video with an audio in there, and they basically stole the audio off somebody else. Uh... <laughs> and a lot period says, "I hereby dissent." What exactly? I don't know. <laughs> and you know what's funny too. Um... <laughs> You see, you always see like your fair share. You know, you always see like certain Bigfoot um, pictures, pictures or videos. They kind of, you know, like the, the ones. They kind of get recycled. I guess every once every couple of months, once every couple of months, a couple of years. Yeah, they'll start. You know, they'll start making their rounds. Like um, I know one really popular ones. Those suppose I think they were like these supposed like big video photos taken in Virginia or something like that. Like the black figure along like the um, there's like a incline and it's along like a lake shore or something like that and it's always like it's always always the same story like it's North always Carolina, the same story but a different location oh like, yeah 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 yep. the finding bigfoot teams been deployed yeah stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah and, and like like the bigfoot peeper made another appearance of course that was 
the um uh that was the uh uh the guy convicted for child molestation that was posting yeah. this hoax he made another appearance in another group uh about three weeks ago and i made sure he got bounced and then he realized i was because i went right on his post and and said listen it's already I, I basically posted the video and of course yeah. i'm sure he saw the videos and oh, he immediately blocked me but but i have another facebook account too that you can't block me and get away with it so i'll still keep an eye on but uh oh and uh, nikki says i gotta watch the end of her show sounds like uh, Nikki had a humdinger of a show tonight uh, over at uh, Harry Man Hoaxes and Hoodwinks, and uh, she's doing a bang up job uh, do- doing the hoax busting now. Which uh, kudos to her. Well, because, check it out, uh, Nikki. It's really tough for me to juggle Harry everything. Harry Man Hoaxes and Hoodwinks. But yeah, like one thing I've kind of noticed with um, you know these like hoaxes that keep getting recycled, it's happening with audio now too. There's this, I don't know if you've seen this one video, um, it's like, I think it's like someone like a boat or something like that, and they're filming, you know, they're filming like the, the side of like a river, and you hear these weird, these weird sound, like really, really weird sounds, like grunting, and then you hear this one scream, it goes like, Ooh, or something like that. That original audio came, actually came from a video that was posted in like Georgia or something like that back in 2000, back in like 2013. So I guess, you know, I guess from like a hoaxer's perspective, it's probably easier to, um, you know, if you're trying to BS someone, it's probably easier to do it with a piece of audio than, you know, like a picture or a video or something like that, just because, you know, you, you know, it's probably easier just to give it like a new background or new image or something like that to right. uh, go with it. Like, you, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Plus, so, you, you know, know they I, don't really have to work. They don't really have to work too hard if they're just going to scour the internet and nab some audio from 10 years ago and maybe place it with a new video and make everybody think, Oh, this is new. You know, no. Sorry. You know, you're going to fool some of the people, but you're not going to fool Steve, Steve Culls. <laughs> well, I'll say Raptor. Sorry, everyone. Still no proof from New York. I'll say this to Raptor. You know, come out in the field and see what we see and experience what we experience in New York. You'll change your mind. Well, there's no proof of Bigfoot anywhere. Hey, that's very I true. Mean, there's no proof. It's, it's yeah. not. Uh, it's not on the on the record as a as a no, yeah, registered uh, species. So that, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I told skeptics. You know, uh, you know nobody uh, nobody's saying you should believe there's bigfoot out there either you know you should go experience it for yourself and only believe it when you see it with your own two eyes yep yeah well one really compelling uh video that came out of new york was back in 96 the um the thing swinging in the tree i think it's called the baby Uh, 97 yep oh 97 i'm sorry yep i was the first one to investigate that bad boy well okay okay so uh, i got the I got the video from a gentleman. His name was Doug Pridgen. Mm-hmm. And that was taken at Limbo Lake in Modena, New York. It was a privately owned uh, piece of property. Behind that property were tons of apple orchards and wild strawberries and wild raspberries and berries of all sorts. Yummy. And, and um, yep, it was just boom. And it was, wasn't discovered until 2002. And that's when uh, originally an investigator... 
uh, from the BFRO by the, I forget his name, uh, Paul Cotera originally investigated it a little bit, talked to him, but never really got the video. And uh, I talked to Paul. I said, well, did you get the video? Uh, well, do you mind if I take over? And he's like, oh, go right ahead. So I contacted Doug and uh, he sent, I, you know, about two weeks, three weeks later, I got the video because he had to transfer it to a, uh, something, another videotape. And I plopped that in there. Of course, this is the day of VCR still. And uh, plopped that in. And holy jeez. I looked at it at a big screen. I looked at it at a 100-inch screen. Um, and like, well, what is that? And what's the big one there? And uh, from there, I, I took that. And I was the first one to really digitalize it. I took it to a shop at the time because uh, they didn't have them readily available. Like, you couldn't do that on home computers at that point. So I took it to a shop. They converted it to DVDs, and I made three copies of the DVD. Of course, one I sent to the BFRO, which, because they came in through the BFRO. Uh, the other one I sent to a research partner of mine, and another one I kept. And then I eventually took that and put that on the computer, uh, which and reformatted it. So now it was a downloadable thing. And if people have seen my version online... Um, and when I show my version, my version is cut right off the DVD that was made off the videotape. So it's the clearest yeah. and, um, you, you really see the difference of it. And with the advancement of some of the digital technologies and editors and stuff like that, uh, now I was, a, I'm able to do with uh, I, a couple of years ago, I did stuff that I was unable to do with it, you know, obviously, you know, 15 years prior. So, and, and this is, you know, this even predates uh, SquatchDetective.com, which was 2006. Um, so this even predated that. And I was out there investigating. Um, That's so funny too. The New York baby video. I, I disagreed with Steve on that for a long time. And then, uh, you know, finally, uh, uh, I don't know whether he asked me, he asked me a question about it. Have you ever looked at it frame by frame or something like that? It was something like that. It got me. I was like, well, no, but I'm going to now. <laughs> and after I looked at it frame by frame, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Something's going on here. This is. Because that whole thing, I think there was something like 700 or 800 frames, I think. Because yeah. I actually had a program yeah. that, that broke it down frame by frame. Yeah. And out of all the uh, 700 frames, it was only probably about 30 that really stood out that you can yeah. see a lot of this detail that you can't see in, in uh, on the video. The if you problems watch it, I had with it were addressed like yeah. that. I was like, oh, wow. So, you know, there's there's a difference between being skeptical or being a, a scoptic. Yep. And said I that. think uh, I was guilty of being a scoptic, a scoptic at first. But uh, then I graduated to being truly skeptical, and when I analyzed it further, okay, questions answered. Yep. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, and and you know it was kind of funny because, you know, Papa said, "Well, I talked to I talked to Doug, and he seemed a little kind of goofy." I go, hey, "Paul, he's from New Jersey." <laughs> <laughs> now I can say that because I was born. There. A lot of people uh, don't realize I'm a New Yorker, but. I'm, I was actually born native to New Jersey, so and I lived there. Oh, right, people right old age of four or three and a yeah, half. Actually, those are mostly just New Yorkers give New Jersey a bad. I mean, New York City New Yorkers give Jersey a bad rap. Man, you ever see how they a, drive? It's a beautiful yeah. state, you know. It's a it's a beautiful state. Yeah, I've New been Jersey, all through there. 
New Jersey. They, their new state motto should be where turn signals are optional. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike knows. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I, dude! I, you get over on get on the turnpike on nine ninety five, man. It's you know uh, run for your life, you know. But uh, you can say the same thing about Chicago. You know, it, it, there's bad drivers everywhere. No, no, no offense to our Massachusetts friends, but no, the, we love you. But guys. the the, the friggin' uh, the the craziest driving I've ever seen has been in Boston. <laughs> oh, it's even crazier in New York City. Um. But you know the thing about the thing about Jersey though too, like you know what we were saying about New York. When most people think Jersey, they think of you know the Jersey Shore, or they think of like that little northeast section of um, New Jersey that's right by the city. So New Jersey is the most uh, densely populated state in the country. But what most people don't realize is like eighty, ninety percent of the population lives in that little northeast corner, and just you know yeah. along along the shorelines. The rest of New Jersey is just farmland mountains forests and um it's beautiful uh the pine barrens barrens. yeah (laughs) in stereo (laughs) and yeah like the pine barrens the pine barrens super super vast like i've you know like i've you know um i've been down there but you know i've been down there before i've gone on expeditions down there before um i've just you know recreationally hiked down there down there a couple of times and just you know aside from like the terrain being so unique it's like there's some areas there you wouldn't think they're in Jersey, but they're really, really remote. Like there's spots on there. You just look on Google Map. They're miles away from like you know the nearest road or house or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Even and uh, you know even uh, Northwest Jersey. Um, you know like you know yeah. the, you know, the section where the Appalachian Trail goes through. It's re- like it's there, there's some yeah, areas it's right there near that, the Poconos. And yeah. All that. Yeah. 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 And, Beautiful country. Yeah, and you know, like Northwesters and the Pine Barrens, those are actually kind of like the two hot, like the two Bigfoot hotspots. Um, yeah. You know, like you know, I know in the Pine, you know, the Pine Barrens is kind of you know known for the uh, you know Legend of the Jersey Devil, but yeah, um, you know, there's Bigfoot reports that come out, you know, that come out of that area regularly, right. and then up in Northwest Jersey, kind of like Sussex County, you know, like Sussex County that area. Um, you know, I think it's called it's called a uh, big red. It's called big red eye up there. You know, they kind of had like a, a spree of reports during the seventies and mm-hmm. even today. And like you know, High Point State Park, Stokes, um, just you know, like the area following following the Appalachian Trail. Like you still, you know, like you still get reports that you know, you know that that come out of that area pretty occasionally. Yeah, there's a lot of sighting reports from the Pine Barrens. You know, not, you know, not you know only the, funny, of- the funny thing about the big red eye is usually when I go out squatching, I get the big brown eye. <laughs> uh, always. Oh, terrible. That was bad. Um, sorry, that's I had to be I, sad. That's why I always. That's why before I go camping or hiking or anything like that, I always load up. I always like load up on like a modium or something like that. No, no, no. I, 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 I always end up running into some. You know. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's go to our last topic of the night. Of course. Um, now you guys uh, recently just did a trip out to. Uh, area and you guys are are you guys working on a documentary is that what you're you're doing yes so um yeah yeah we've actually kind of we've actually kind of been like uh, snooping around in uh your, your neck of the woods kind of steve um i actually just got back um from warren county so where 
um, doing, uh, so we're investigating this really famous missing persons case, um, a gentleman named Tom Messick. He was an 82-year-old hunter. He went missing on November 15th, 1982. Uh, yeah, that's him, um, that's him right there. So the guy has a really interesting backstory. He was a, um, you know, a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division, fought, you know, fought in Korea. Um, the uh, injury to his eye, when he was in his early 20s, he'd, um, he was, um, he, some kind of incident with like a firework or something like that, that, um, you know, he, well, he, he lost sight in his eye there, unfortunately, but the guy, you know, the guy, the guy was a real, was a real badass. Um, you know, he was an avid hunterman, fisherman, camper. He taught, um, you know, he was an instructor for like survival courses, yeah. um, instructor for hunting courses. So, you know, he really, safety. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, he really knew, you know, he really knew his stuff out, knew his stuff out there. So on November 15th, uh, the story goes, it was him and, um, about five or six other people. So there were, there were two types of like subgroups in this group. There were all, there were, there were older people in the group that there were younger people in the group. Now they normally, um, so he was originally from, um, Troy, New York, uh, Mr. Messick, but, and their group usually, um, and, and a brief note, that's where I grew up. <laughs> there we go. As so, um, they did most. They usually did their hunting for like over fifty something odd years at a hunting camp in um, Hague, New York. I think is how you say it, H A G U E. But um, they decided to try this new spot in um, called Lily Pond in Warren County for like you know the uh, first time ever. So right. um, they got there during the day, and um, they kind of I forget I forget the name I forget the name of the specific strategy, but basically they had the older group, um, the older group of hunters line up, kind of form like a straight line parallel to the yeah. road to Lily Pond yeah. Road. And then the younger group, they followed this. They followed this. So, like you know, the older hunters are here. The younger group followed kind of like a snowmobile trail, and right. they, um, yep, there it is. And <coughs> they were going to go over this mountain, and then you know head back head back in the direction of the older hunters. So the figuring right. was they moved that direction. They would try and like you know flush out any deer towards the old you know towards the older hunters. For them to hunt. So, after they did their thing, they met. They met up at around. Um, they were all supposed to meet up around, like you know, like in the um, afternoon around two o'clock. Uh, Tom Messick, oh. you know, Tom Messick never showed up. He was last seen. So he was the fur he was the furthest one away, because you know they were spread out about maybe a hundred, two hundred yards apart or so. Mm -hmm. He was like he was like the last one in that you know little like linear line that they formed. So, um, you know, he was last seen, headed, you know, he was last seen supposedly headed over, you know, headed over to his post. So, um, yeah, they labeled Tom as the watcher and, uh, the older guys, the older gentlemen, if I, if I'm not mistaken, they were only around 30 or 40 yards off trail and, uh, they were going to sit there, uh, and the younger guys went up around the ridge line. <laughs> the heavy lifting part <laughs> yep, and yep. they were going to come down and if there was any game, they would drive it towards the older guys Yep, who were, you know, pretty much just sitting pretty close to the trail or the road there. Uh, I don't remember if it was it off Lily Pond road or Lily Pond trail. I can't remember. It was a, uh, yeah, it was Lily Pond road. So yeah, the older guys are 30, 40 yards 
you know, in in the woods. And uh, Tom was, and, yeah, the Tom disappeared that close to the trail or that close to the road. Yeah, and um, he literally, van- literally, it seems like he vanished without a trace. So right. um, yeah. they, you know, it was, I believe, the largest <laughs> organized search and rescue effort in New York State history that took place trying to find him. Um, you know, I think there are over 300 volunteers that were involved. There are over like a dozen or dozen different organizations. Right. Um, the FBI got involved and like, you know, that was really one detail that, um, Dave Politis really touched on that he was kind of sketched out about when he wrote about it in his missing 411 book, because usually when the FBI really doesn't, unless it's like a, a missing child, the FBI really usually doesn't get involved in missing person cases unless right. it's took place i think on federal land or the missing person in question is a federal um is a federal employee in reality or if they're requested but they weren't in this case yeah like um in actuality the fbi does monitor missing persons cases and they kind of came on site they're only there for about i think 48 hours for about 48 hours or so mainly just to see if there were any like resources or anything like that they could offer so after they realized all right these people are, you know, these people are pretty much all set. They're in good shape. Um, you know, they went there, did their thing for about 48 hours, and then, you know, they kind of backed out and just let, you know, the uh, DAC, DEC, Search and Rescue, State Troopers, and all and all them handle it. But, um, yeah, they searched for the sky for about, um, you know, two, three, yeah, like a really, really long time. They literally had volunteers line up, like, arm, you know, arm lengths apart, take, like, one step forward, look yeah. around. You know, like it was a really, really, it was a really, really thorough, um, really, really thorough invest. You know, like investigation, search and rescue effort. Um, and yeah. that's true. He had a didn't he not have a he had a rifle? He had a walkie-talkie. Yeah. He yeah. had um, a backpack. He had snacks. Yeah, he had food, um, mm-hmm. and nothing was ever found. So, and then, you know, here, and um, here's the interesting thing too. So he did have, you know, he had like a bunch of stitches in his hand, I think from the firework incident. Um, He did have some medical issues though. You know, he had a history of heart problems. He'd recently gotten over shingles, actually. He had a bad case of shingles apparently. And because of that, he, um, he almost didn't even go on this trip because of that, because, you know, like he wasn't sure if he he was, um, yeah, if he was a hundred percent or not. So obviously when someone just, you know, vanishes into thin air like that, um, you know, there's like, you know, theory, you know, theories are a band of what could happen to him. You know, you have people, oh, maybe he was abducted. Maybe he, you know, like whether like he was actually kidnapped by someone or, you know, by um, even like alien abductions. Maybe it was an animal attack. Maybe it was a Bigfoot. Maybe he was shot by, you know, like, you know, like shot by accident or something you know or something like that we think that we might have um we think maybe there are a couple of possibilities that we like to say we may you know we might be able to have ruled out uh firstly if it was an animal attack you know someone someone mentioned it in here you know like an animal attack whether it was you know like uh regular you know like a bear or a bear or puma or a squat you know even like a squat or something like that you you would see you would see signs of it you know you would see signs you would see signs of a struggle you probably see blood you know um prints or drag you know drag marks or anything like that not to mention this guy was armed right 
And and he knew how to use his rifle, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, too, kind of makes me rule out the um, abduction narrative. Well, for two reasons. Number one, this guy was armed. And then number two, I've been up and down. Like, we've been up and down this road, uh, Lily Pond Road, um, multiple, multiple times. Um, And, you know, there's a couple of things worth mentioning. First off, sound actually travels pretty far. Yes. And just, you know, I'm, I'm um, up and down this road. So, um, so you know, people think like, oh, maybe someone like, you know, maybe someone like another car or a quad or something like that hit him and got scared. Or maybe someone you shot him. That. Like that guy's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I and, and mind you folks, I've been to Lily Pond. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually at Lily Pond, I think, in 2016 in the fall, which was just about a year after he went missing. Uh, he went missing in 2015. Yep. Yeah. And um, uh, so I was there, le- and that was an active discussion we we had at that time. Was and, we, and this is before you know pre missing 411 stuff. Um, and, and what I always find interesting about this is you're absolutely right. If this had been an animal attack, <clears throat> if this had been hypothermia, had this been. Um, even uh, uh, something of foul play, you know, there was no drag marks anywhere. There's no blood found. Um, uh, not the saying, clothing. I mean, if he was kidnapped, somebody could have got the, 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 the thumb on him. But like you said, that area is so quiet. Mm-hmm. If anybody approached from, <clears throat> you know, a mile away, <clears throat> you'd start hearing them show up. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, at night, it's it's super creepy at night up there. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know that now. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. The description of the search, you know, really. Oh yeah, blew that's, me right. Away. that's right. That's uh, right. Where they were, uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck, uh, Chuck uh, was up at Lily Pond with us both times, mm. and that way we were also there in 2012. I re- now I remember that. Yes, that's where Chuck made his campfire chili. Oh, that was so yeah. Cool. Um, but oh um, yeah, that was the one that was a debate. Everybody, some people were calling it stew, wasn't it, Chuck? I think what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever um, the chef calls it is what you call it. That's what I say. And and Chuck is a professional chef. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. so then why are you questioning him? You know, I wouldn't. I didn't question him. He said no, 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 not not you. Just like you know, uh, like the other people that were there. If he if he said it was shit on a shingle, I I agree with yeah. him. Yeah, but I, but it was it was good. In fact, I use that that recipe now myself to make chili. (laughs) Five-minute chili. Um, The search effort that they made, though, they they tied off strings in quadrants and then went, like, uh, you know, arm arm length from each other, walking through the entire quadrant. Once they got that that area checked out, they would do another one, you know, and it's just, it's like they combed every inch and not a sign, not a piece of clothing, no gun found laying anywhere. It's just incredible. incredible yeah, and, and Don makes a point now. I don't know if he's being, you know, funny. I think he had another life going on. I was picked up by his other life. You know, at his age, I think he would have, if he had another life going on, he probably would have checked out a lot sooner. Uh, yeah. 82. Yeah, 82. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the whole thing. Natural causes. Why didn't they, you know, even if his body was scavenged, like they made a lot of good points, right. is that, you know, okay, say he had a heart attack and he went down. Um, 
there would be evidence of there. There's clothing. Yeah. The animals don't eat the clothing. There would be right. shoes. There would be all the remnants, the rifle, all that stuff. They're not. None yeah, they're not going to eat the rifle. Uh, something would have been found. In fact, uh, they made a very good point. New York, <clears throat> and I know my son's a ranger in New York, state forest ranger. Yes, um, uh, they have a very intricate and very proactive approach to finding missing people in New York, and it very rarely have you go missing in a state park you're probably in the safest place to go missing in a new york state park because the the state has so many resources to find people in new york state um it's their field of expertise between you know your your state forest rangers and then your environmental conservation police and then you have the the volunteer fire companies to the, that are local to the area that know the terrain that that and you know there were several different volunteer fire companies that were involved in the search as well. Um, yeah, I mean, just an amazing story. I was um, shocked at the detail of the search, how thorough, you know, that they had made. Now, in in looking at that missing four one one documentary, which I, I coincidentally, when Mike and I were talking about this the other day on the phone. I think my wife kind of looked around for it and found it yes. and started playing. And we, so we, after I got off the phone with you, I spent the next hour and a half watching that. Thanks, Mike. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you know, he, uh, Pilates will talk about, you know, like a Colorado, the guy in Colorado, especially that was a very interesting case. Yeah. But to me, it wasn't the same degree of weirdness. You know, Pilates talks about this guy in Colorado that, you know, oh, well, he found his boots here, and then they found this here, and then they found his backpack. That's what we talked about the Dateloff Pass incident and in uh, the Datloff Pass incident in Russia back in the 50s. And, and to me, you know, that the guy in Colorado sounds like a classic case of hypothermia. You get hypothermic. Okay, yeah. you, start, you start feeling like you're warm. You actually feel the opposite of you're freezing, but you start right. feeling warm. So he takes his shoes off, and then he takes his coat off. And then, you know, you have this whole, you know, uh, yeah, he, he walks six miles. Well, I, you know, although it's improbable, um, obviously that's what happened. Right. So I don't really think that that's really to the degree of high weirdness. And I know he tries to tie in, like, weather events tied into this stuff and no, I, I, you know, it, for whatever the case. And he also kind of uh, looped in the missing man from Schuylerville into this. Well, you know, shortly while that search was going on, a man missing yeah. in Schuylerville, New York. Yeah. Now, something or something now, I'm like going to give you a couple of caveats to that. Um, Schuylerville, New York, uh, you know, as people, like I announced a few weeks ago, I moved to Greenwich, New York, Washington County. But you know, my, the closest civilization I have, which is three miles away is Schuylerville, New York, across the river. I, I just hopped the bridge and I'm in Schuylerville. So that's my, that's my community. I hang out in a lot. Now I go to my stores there and stuff like that. Um, I, the guy was a politician for many years. Uh, so could it have been a foul play? Sure. Um, <clears throat> And he just up and disappeared too. Didn't find any trace of him. He was home and boof, he disappeared. Yeah, like um, the ninth or tenth day after uh, Mr. Messick disappeared. Yep. Now, Schuylerville, Schuyler, coincidentally, is very close to Saratoga Lake, which has been a UFO hotspot for many mm. years. 
a lot of people didn't know that but Not years ago um before i got into this whole bigfoot thing <clears throat> back in the mid 90s i had a friend who was a mufon investigator and he'd been working with a guy that and actually the guy was an artist who lived on saratoga lake who had hours and hours of this mysterious lights flying over saratoga light lake and these weren't chinese lanterns or anything like that because guess why folks what's not legal in new york state chinese lanterns oh you're kidding really right because we have too much woods oh yeah, yeah. you know those lanterns go down in a forest and you have yeah. a conflagration so uh, you know you can't buy them anywhere in new york um and, and that you know some of the people were trying to explain that as a ufo sighting over water valite uh, uh about a year and a half ago two years ago i posted that video i mean oh chinese lanterns they're not legal in new york so just uh, very, very interesting uh, with the, you know, that gentleman missing. And then you have this Lily Pond thing a week earlier where this guy goes missing. Yeah. I mean, is there a connection? I don't think there is other than the side. I mean, aside from them both going missing under drastically different circumstances, mind you. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see a connection between the two. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the second guy went missing from his home. So in, the daytime, yeah. in the daytime. In the daytime. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the, I, yeah, and like and the I, weird thing of I'm sorry. And I ahead. agree, Raptor. I, I think some of the stories are embellished in the four wall. I, I yeah. agree with that. Yep. Yeah, like one thing like one thing Paulitis did with the uh Tom Messick story was he um <clears throat> one thing he did with the Tom Messick story, he mentions how, you know, like the weather got inclement right after um, the weather got in, got inclement right after um, he dis he uh, disappeared. You know, like the way he worded it is, the weather got inclement right after the search and rescue started. Messick went missing on the fifteenth. Um, the actual like state, the actual like state troops, state troopers, and everyone, everyone like that, they didn't come until the nineteenth. So that's kind of when things really got like official, uh, you know, like official went right. underway. But it was four days after they came. That's what he was referring to when. He says the weather started to get inclement. The way he words it in the book, though, he you know you know in his book though he makes it seem as if the weather got inclement like on like the 16th or 17th, like like literally immediately after he vanished. Now, now Lockbeard says could he could have fallen he have fallen in a creek that would have carried him away? Not really. Up there, there is not a lot of swift moving creeks at all. There are some streams. But uh, nothing that would nothing like a rapid. As you can see, the yeah. the um, you know the topo there. There's not really, and they did search the pond, and they search they did search the waterways. They um, did describe one area as being swampy. Right. Well, Lily Pond. Yeah, there's a lot of swampy area around mm -hmm. Lily Pond. Um, but you know he, he was well away from the pond. The believe his last position, I believe, if I'm not incorrect. He was headed towards the Brant Lake camp, I believe. Was he not? So, um, if you zoom in a little bit, I could probably like pinpoint it. Um, so, like above the little red uh, marker. No. Uh, wasn't he? Headed yeah, it's like. I think uh, he was lower. up in here, wasn't he? Uh, no, a little lower. Uh, uh, I know. I mean, um, yeah. Keep going. So you still have that little bump right. So you see that little bump right there to the left of your mouse. Uh, keep going, a little like to the right. So right. go back to yeah, go back to Lily Pond Road. I mean, yeah. So like right there, 
where you're where, where you're oh, oh okay right there yeah, yeah that's right okay. i knew it was somewhere along the- yeah so yes, it's kind of like mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, none of these are raging, you know, and I know it's kind of tough for people to, none of these are like raging rivers. I mean, even in, um, you know, the areas of the Adirondacks, I go to most of your um, uh, rivers are very, uh, are are basically streams. Um, The only areas that I would think would be, you know, really rapids are, is like the Osable River, which is not even in Warren County. That's up in Essex County up uh, north. Uh, perhaps even in Clinton County, which is even further north. Um, so that would not necessarily, that, that's the only place where you really have some rapid waters. Um, you know, even uh, there's nothing that would, uh, even like the Poultney River, yeah, you can fall in it, but a lot of places it's only, you know, waist deep or even ankle deep in some places. Yeah, and he, he had a radio <laughs> with him. So whatever happened, if it was uh, natural causes or an accident, uh, something had to happen really quick, so fast that he couldn't even yep. respond on the radio. So, uh, yeah, it's just kill, little Kilroy popped one. Uh, quick Sanders sinkhole. Quick Sanders sinkhole. Very, that's, very yeah, that's kind of that, that's kind of what that, that's kind of what I think happened either because um the area does have a lot of caves, a lot of crevices. I think that um what most likely happened is for whatever reason he wandered away from his post. And he must have just fell into maybe like a crevice or a sinkhole or something like that. When he fell in, it just got covered up with like dirt and foliage and everything. And right. that was that. <laughs> Long period. Well, maybe that leaves us with pedosaurs. How come I didn't think about that before? Wow. Damn that it. Opens, man, that just sheds a whole new light on this case now. Perhaps it was a jackalope attack. Had to be a dinosaur. <laughs> Dog man. Dog man. The only dinosaur around is this guy sitting in this chair over here. <laughs> Don't see. Yeah, that. I mean, you know, it, I wouldn't rule out foul play, but uh, you know, if it was an accident, then uh, he's still there somewhere. They, they've just well they've yet to find um, him. No quicksand or sinkhole. Yeah, I don't really. You know, being up there, and we stomped a lot of ground up there a couple of times. Yeah. When we were up there, and you know, Chuck reminded me we were up there in 2012. And I, I don't recall seeing anything that would have been like quicksand like, and you would think that an outdoor guy um, would, you know, know how to, yeah. you know, you know, know Something's where to Something's going to float too. Yeah. Um, um, and eventually, you know, it, 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 something would be given up. Right. Which a shoe, a, a hat. A, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or a, uh, um, a rifle, you know, uh, or, you know, the backpack, something, um, just, uh, I just don't know. It's really weird. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he was nowhere near a large body of water. I mean, Lily Pond may look big. It's really not that big. Um, it's not like something you'd put a boat on and go boating. Um, you might put a, a rowboat on there to, yeah, but it's from what I remember well, it was very swampy. Yeah. Um, In uh, David Pilates, uh, documentary, the missing 411 the hunted he really did a good job describing about the grid search that they did and tying off areas with string but they didn't cover if they searched the swampy areas in the same way they and they I, did wondering. they they did that that they was did. actually some of the fire department focus because they have the water rescue craft and they they yeah. went over there and they 
they, I don't know if they actually put divers in the pond. I they yeah they have. did have divers. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think no, they but did. The, the the swampy areas they were talking about. That's that's what I meant. I wonder. Well, the they, pond is the swampy area. You think that's yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, okay. you know, you see this radius right here. This is this is all kind of swampy and marshy. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. surrounding it. But he again, he was up in here, and even if he was, you know, he was supposed to be headed that way he was his tra trail i believe he was supposed to be trekking this way and this is where they lost him was right in here mm -hmm. so incredible so um Bre so um brendan our director he's really gone like um he's really gone like full-on really taking this whole thing and run <clears throat> and uh ran and um he got this book and tracked down the author of this um Basically, just like book that breaks down, just like well, just like the um, habits and tendencies and statistics of people who go missing, search and rescue, and everything like that. And um, it pretty much said like most of the time, you'll find the guy, you know, you'll find the missing person. I think within like three hundred yards of their last known position, like nine, like ninety percent, ninety percent of the time. Right. So, um, I definitely think that you know, like if he is in this area, because. There are actually a good amount of people who uh, don't who uh, don't even think he was there that day. Well, that would be um, interesting. That would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, that that goes down like a whole, you know, like a whole other rabbit hole on like what could happen. And some people, some people think it gives credence to, you know, the um, foul play or accident, you know, like or. Uh, well, here, here's my play. thoughts. The 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 obviously the amount of time including doing searches like a year later i mean uh, they, they although they did the search i think for two you know a, a few weeks mm -hmm. um they did repeat searches like a year later and a year after that they've done you know sporadic searches for the body so that's telling me that uh you know they would not commit dollars and resources to that search and, and unless they ruled out that fact that they actually believe what well, you know law enforcement believes that he was actually there that day as stated by you know the people he was accompanied by so that kind of rules that out and um he it's not listed as like a foul play it's you know if you look at even the state police websites it's listed as a guy went missing in the woods and that nothing that nothing there um well there's a lot okay. more <clears throat> Chuck made a great point too. Is if you come in from the Grassville roadside and go around Lily to the west, you run into a chain link fence. That's really interesting. I, I never knew that before. I gotta mm, yeah. just look into now, that. Now, Chuck, Chuck, I know Chuck. Chuck's stopping ground was Hague, Bolton Landing, and uh, Lily oh, okay. Pond area. So he, you know, that was, you know, he lived up that way in Warren County. So that's, you know, he knows that area very well, like back of his hand. You know, an eighty-two-year-old's not going to climb a chain link fence. Yeah. Well, you never know, but uh, it sounds unlikely. I wouldn't climb that. one. <laughs> well, why would you go? You may walk along the fence because if you walk yeah. along the fence, eventually yeah. you're going to lead to something. Right. But you may not. You won't you know, necessarily hop it and go perpendicular to it. Um, I know, Mike, we went, we had a picture to go through, but um, we're just about out of time, believe it or not. Wow. wow. So, and you know, I remember, I remember when I spoke to you today, you're like, you're gonna, it's gonna blow your mind how quickly these two hours are gonna, yeah. are gonna fly by. And here I am stunned that it's already been. Yeah. That. <laughs> I told you. Wow. Yeah. A lot of great conversations tonight. And uh, I appreciate sure. you coming on brother. 
<laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I'm thrilled. Yeah, I was thrilled you guys had me on. Thanks again. And uh, you know, I look forward to you coming up this area. I and mean, you know, or you have something going on down that area. If I'm available, I'll come down. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely keep in touch. Um, you know, organize something. A lot of fun, you know, especially spring. Yeah, we appreciate having you on, Mike. Yeah, definitely, Chris. Thank you. It's been a great show. So, uh, Chris, do your thing because it, uh, we're going to get this show home. <laughs> I want to thank our, our guest, Mike, for being on here. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Love the sound clips. I want to thank our uh, listeners in chat and on the podcast. Hey, we don't forget you guys. But if you're listening on the podcast, be sure to check out the YouTube channel so you can see some of the video uh, that we got on here. But uh, we really appreciate everybody over in the chat. Thank you so much. And truthfully, we haven't uploaded any new shows to the uh, to the um, Audible channels yet. Okay. So we're going to do that. We got it. We got. I'm going to be yeah. doing that this week. Uh, I got three episodes worth of downloads yeah. to put up on the site. So, um, <clears throat> you know, so even uh, even another month down the road that we forget. Yeah. Download. I'm sorry, I but my finger keeps hitting the mute button over there. Um, but we got, uh, the, we, we got the greatest listeners in the world, and we know it, and we appreciate you guys so much. And uh, folks, uh, again, Mike, thank you so much. And folks, on behalf of us here at Squatch D TV, we want to wish everybody happy, safe, and healthy week. We'll have another show coming at you next Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Now I. Maybe dragging a little bit um, because I'm sure we're going to do a little Sunday excursion out in Chautauqua and then I'll be taking the road home. So between now and then, I'm hoping to get a guest for the show, um, you know, and uh, once that happens, the you know, the show is pretty easy once that happens. Um, but we'll try to get a, a guest for the show for next week. We're always working last minute on things because you never know what breaking news in this field. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, uh, we'll have some, hopefully some pictures and some video from stock. I don't know if I'll be able to get that all unpacked, uh, by the time. Cause like I say, it's a five hour drive. So I'll be leaving, you know, if I'm out in the woods till two o'clock, I'm not getting home till seven. So, uh, we'll see what happens. We may That's not, we may rough. take an excursion. We may not, we may take only like an hour. Joint. I, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, uh, we'll be back here next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Squatch TV, SquatchDTV.com, YouTube.com forward slash Steve Coles, or YouTube.com forward slash Squatch TV, which is soon coming with the new YouTube handles. So again, everybody have a great week, safe week. Enjoy it. God bless. And of course, keep on squatching. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.